New Year's Day. Hallelujah. It's a day of tradition, a day of family gatherings, football. No more Christmas Hallmark movies and all the men said, Amen. Oh, I'm going to get that one to back on me, let me tell you. It's also a day of reflection. Many people will use this time of the year, today, in the next few days, maybe the next couple of weeks, to reflect back on the year just completed and take a quick peek at maybe what didn't work, what worked, what needs to change, or maybe what needs to stay the same. And we simply call them resolutions. And I'd like to read to you some very true, legitimate resolutions that you might enjoy. Are you ready? Number one, I will put an end to procrastination once and for all next month. I will drive by the fitness center at least once a week, then wave to pay my respects. I will use my treadmill for something other than hanging clothes. I will stop the compulsiveness of wanting to charge my phone when it gets below 90%. Where are you? I was going to quit my bad habits for New Year's, but I remembered nobody likes a quitter. And finally, my New Year's resolution is to stop calling them New Year's resolutions. I prefer the term casual promises to myself that I am under no obligation to fulfill. Even though we know how hard it is to keep resolutions, we keep doing it. Because we're desperate. We're looking for hope. We're looking for a blank slate. Whether we decide to lose weight, pay off debt, get organized, it becomes a trap every, every year. And every year we convince ourselves that making a resolution or resolutions will bring success. And the process looks something like this. We figure out what we need to change. Then we determine what we think is the best option. Then we choose the option, and then the process meets up with unrealistic goals, lack of time, and self-doubt. Discouragement comes in in the first week. Then every goal and every resolution gets abandoned. Our hope evaporates. And then we default to self-help. Self-help never wins. And it eventually leads to failure. Stephen Covey, a well-known author, educator, and speaker, made this quote, and it says, Most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. And I want to segue with his quote into maybe why resolutions always fail. Could it be that 
we focus on the urgent and not what's on what's important. So today I want to offer you something that I believe that can help you get off the urgency cycle and get on what's important. I don't know what kind of year you had, but oh my goodness, I've heard of some that have expressed how difficult of a year that they encountered. Hardships sneaked in. Disappointments found their address. So I asked some questions. Are you ready for something a little different? Are you ready for some miracles? Are you ready for some healing? Are you ready to dive deep into a deeper relationship with the Lord? If so, then I'd like to offer you the biblical principle of fasting. The practice of fasting has been around for a very long time. Kings, prophets, even Jesus fasted. It's not a diet. If you want a diet, call Jenny Craig. If you want to go deeper with the Lord, just call Jesus. But what's happened is, is that prayer and fasting has gotten a bad rap over the years. It's outdated. It's just an Old Testament thing. It's not for me. It's only for those that are spiritually mature. It appears in the Bible 75 times. So I can conclude, and I think we can conclude, that there's some importance to biblical fasting. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us what's going on, why we need to fast. And he tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. He tells us right here that there are, we're made up of three parts. Do you, do you understand that? Our spirit man is made in the image of Christ. It's perfect. We're made in His image. We're made in His righteousness. But then the body and the soul come along, and what also comes along is a war. The body is our physical body. The soul is made up of three things, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so there's a constant war, a constant attack on our spirit man. And so Paul knew this. That's why he mentions here the three parts. But he also gives us what he did. In fact, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often. He tells us right here that if we grab on and embrace this biblical term of fasting, it helps us in this war. Now we'll come, praise the Lord, and raise our hands and shout hallelujah. But on the way home, when somebody cuts us off on Ambassador Caffrey, we become a whole different person, don't we? We tell him, hi, the Lord loves you. We yell at the spouse. The kids are in the back and you're trying to hit them, but you can't get to them because the seat's too far back. 
And then you get home, you kick the dog, and then you're frustrated, and then Monday hits. See, that's the war. Our spirit man wants, but the body and soul get in the way. We deal with addictions, we deal with relationship issues, we deal with stuff in our life, and we do our best. But you see, what happens is the body and the soul get fed too well. And what fasting does, it just simply disconnects us from being fed too well. And today I want to introduce you to and consider transitioning from making resolutions to prayer and fasting. And focus on what's important and not what is, on, not what is urgent. Pastor Brandon gave me one assignment today and that was it. He said, Rob, get them ready. Yes, sir, coach, put me in. Get them ready for 21 days of prayer and fasting. And as Rachel said, starting next Monday, the 9th, not tomorrow, but the following Monday, January 9th, we're going to begin having two prayer meetings a day at 12 and at 6.30. And let me just interject something in here. Those prayer meetings are for you and for all of us. But it's not meant to be the only prayer time. That was a free hint. I'm not going to charge you for that. That was just something I interjected at the first service, and I thought it was good to do it here again, okay? But it should basically, the prayer and fasting meeting should complement what you're already doing. We'll just leave it at that. So basically, my assignment today is to show you not what is urgent, but what is important. But in order for us to do that, I need you to remember two names. And there will be a pop quiz at the end. You're going to have to take a quiz. So you are, can you do this? You can do it, right? Two names, Anna and Lazarus. Repeat them back to me. Anna and Lazarus. One more time. You all pass. No need for the quiz. When it comes to biblical fasting, this lady named Anna, the prophetess, and in my opinion, is a bright light to her life, but also to what she did. And I just want to share with you today a few things and read to you right now in Luke chapter 2. There's only three verses, but they're very powerful. It says, there was also a prophetess. What does that mean? She was a spokesperson. She said what was on her mind because it was truth. She was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. Pause. So, back in those days, <clears throat> young girls got married typically 14, 15, 16. So we're going to say 15. And it says she lived with her husband seven years. Her husband passed away seven years after. So at the age of 22... She found herself with no husband. Verse 37, then was a widow until she was 84. So 84 minus age 22 is 62 years. And that's just an approximation. It's just for the story, okay? You get the picture. She remained a widow for 62 years. And then it says she never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, meaning she came up 
to see Mary and Joseph and the little baby. Jesus was eight days old at this point. They had brought him to the temple. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Her story, albeit three verses, is our strength for today. In fact, I want to give you an acrostic, F-A-S-T. And we're going to go through each one of them very quickly. This lady, Anna, had a very faithful attitude of separating today. And let me dive into that very quickly. The F and the A obviously stand for faithful attitude, and we're going to see that in this story. It says she never left the temple. This lady fasted and prayed and got into the presence of God every day of her life. And here we are moaning and groaning about 21 days. But her faithful attitude was simply making a decision. She could have very well sat in her corner and said, I need a husband. Where is he? Should I date? Should I not date? Should I go online? What do I do? There's an app for it. You know, what do I do? I, I, do I need an income? Where am I going to live? I have no children. So is somebody going to help me out there? Not one thing in this story. The highlight of Anna's life was just simply her devotion to God. Amen. And she didn't wait to get old to serve God. She didn't wait for her life to get on track because of 2022 wasn't that type of year. She just simply made a, a decision with a very faithfulness and said, I'm just going to pray and fast. And so I'm sure her mind got attacked. Remember, soul, mind, will, and emotions. But now I want to hit you up about your will. And it's right here that I got to break the news to you that biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual reason, for a spiritual purpose. You see, Anna refrained from food. I'm sure there was a war between her spirit man and, and her body and her soul. Because who, who really likes to fast, right? <clears throat> Don't we all love some food? But what happens is when we deny ourselves, our flesh gets a little unhappy. You know what I'm saying? We wake up in the morning screaming for bacon and eggs. And a little Buddha on my biscuit. And then lunch comes around and we're screaming even more. You know what we scream? Plate lunch. Chicken fried steak marinated with some country white gravy on top. With mashed, oh, two scoops of mashed potatoes with gravy, with potato salad and a bread. We got one more to go. It's called dinner, supper, chicken stew. Mm. And we can't forget about my favorite meal is dessert. Hot apple pie. 
with butter pecan ice cream on top with a walnut maple syrup drizzle. Come on, somebody. What? Hold me back. I would like for you to, everybody, look down at your stomach and, and meet King's stomach for the very first time. King's stomach likes to eat. But oh, Rob, I've never fasted before. Breathe. Everybody take a deep breath. Good. What were the two names again? Y'all did better than the first serve. Don't tell them. Okay, the reason I'm, I'm coming to you today with this, it's a week away. Pastor Brandon said, look, I don't want to preach on fasting and it really starts the next day. He says, we got to give it to them early. So I'm giving it to you early so that you have time to research it. You have time to look into it. You have time to figure out what you're going to do. And I'm going to get into details in, in just a little while. But it also gives you a week to develop a faithful attitude towards it. The first time I heard many years ago when we, some of you that have been around for a long time, we only did seven days. And I was like, oh, help me. Seven. Now it's 21. And I'm like fasting. I don't want to. I like that butter pecan on top. You know, <laughs> but it gives you a week. Amen. Again, my goal is to prepare you on what's important. Fasting is a spiritual weapon that helps us with our spiritual battles. And it will break strongholds and barriers in your life. And it will also bring us closer to Jesus. Just like it happened with Anna. Remember in verse 38. This is Anna. This is her story, right? Coming up to them at that very moment. Meaning Mary and Joseph and Jesus. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to everyone that she came in contact with. I think it may have gone something like this. Mike! I met him. He's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen in my life. And he is the one that Isaiah prophesied about when he said, Unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Mike, I met him. He's right. Heather, he is majestic. He's the one that we've heard about for so long. God declared in Jeremiah when he said, a branch from the line of David is going to come to us and help us and save us. I met him. He's just a little baby. But one day, he's going to grow up. To become our Savior. She was a prophetess. She had an encounter and met Jesus because she prayed and fasted. And I think for us, if we will join with 21 days of our prayer and fasting, 
we will have an encounter with Jesus. And here's the great news, too, is that she also prayed. Oh, Rob, I don't pray. I know how you feel. I had just gotten saved in Atlanta at a Baptist church and a Holiday Inn at 285 and I-85. And after a couple months, the pastor came to him and he said, Rob, you know, we have this monthly uh, men's breakfast at Shoney's. Yep, I love to eat. He said, I want you to lead and open up in prayer. Say, what? I said, well, there's only one thing. I don't pray. He says, it's all right. It's going to be good. He said, I'm giving you well advanced notice about two months. He said, I want you just to listen to other people pray, but also ask the Lord to give you some direction and, you know. And so that's what I did. I just listened to people pray. But prayer is an open line of communication to the Father. And so many times in the Bible, it's not just fasting, it's prayer and fasting. And so again, we've got two meetings a day, but don't let that be the only time. And so if, you, if you're struggling with your prayer life, I recommend a, a little bit of a progression. You start the first day and, and you say, Lord, I need help. And then the next day you say, Lord, I love you and I need help. And then the next day you said, Lord, I know you love me and I love you and I need help. And then before you know it, you will be developing your prayer life from maybe what you read in the book of Psalms where it says, Lord, you are my rock and my fortress. And Lord, you are my salvation. And Lord, I hang on that to that today. And then you begin to list some prayer requests that you may have. And Lord, I thank you that you love me. And, and Lord, I thank you that the blood of Jesus covers me and my family and my grandchildren, and they will become mighty men and mighty women. Lord, I pray for the next generation. And the next thing you know, you're praying five minutes and ten minutes, and then the next thing you know, you're going about an hour. And you go, how did that happen? It's because you just simply started. You see, what happens is our mind, our will, and our emotions need to all line up. And what fasting does and praying does, it, it, it helps in that war. Amen? It's here where the results get turned over to Jesus. It's here where our commitment to faith will rise up in us. Not just hearing others pray at a prayer meeting, but seeing other people seeking God. Now, we love our annual time of prayer and fasting, don't we? Those of you that have been around for many years know that it's been decades. And we refuse to do away with it. Amen. And here's the reason why. is because year after year after year, we hear testimonies and get overwhelmed by the testimonies of freedom, of answered prayers. And sometimes even later in the year, or even a couple years later, Answered prayer comes. So don't give up if you go 21 days and there's no answer to your prayer. Amen? This is about a lifestyle. And here's the good news. You don't have to do this on your own. You know, come around some people and, and, and meet some people and, 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 and just come in fellowship. You say, Rob, I don't know anybody in the church. Well, my name's Rob and I'm your friend. Just Just come. Many people in the Bible fasted from Moses to Jesus to Nehemiah. 
to Paul and Barnabas. And they fasted for different reasons, just like all of us are going to be fasting for different reasons and different prayer requests. But the common theme is, is that they all had a faithful attitude and they had an expectancy. Amen. So the F.A. stands for faithful attitude. The S is separating. What does that mean? Well, in Luke 37, it says that she fasted and she prayed. She separated from food. There's a wonderful definition that the Lord gave me last year about fasting. It's letting go of the seen that is the food to experience the unseen. Letting go of the social media and everything else that vies for our time to experience the miraculous power. For Anna, it was her lifestyle each and every day. She never wavered. She never complained. What a lifestyle. I wonder what our government would be like if the Congress and the Senate and the President and the Vice President and the Cabinet fasted and prayed. There was a pastor in South Korea who he would not counsel people. (laughs) What kind of pastor is that? He was a very wise pastor. He prayed and fasted for 24 hours on Saturday till Sunday morning for his sermons. And the Lord delivered every time. But this is how he counseled. Let's say a couple comes in. They're having marital issues. He says, okay, I want you to go to the prayer mountain, which is what he called it. Kind of like a cave structure that you go in. And he says, I want you to pray and fast. Give it 10 days. Come out. Tell me what's going on. He said a lot of people got freedom. A lot of people didn't. They came back out. He says, go another 10 days. So they would be doing 20 days. They'd come out. No, haven't gotten anything. He said, all right, go another 20. He said, I want you to do 40 days. And he said, every time within those 40 days, they were able to find out and resolve on their own with the help of the Lord. And he did not have to counsel. Amen. So I'm going to start doing that. I don't know if it works for him. It could work for me. Amen. You might say, I ain't going to rob. That's for sure. There are many ways to fast. And I want to introduce you to some materials that we have actually in our, uh, I was about to say sound booth. They're not in the sound booth. They're in the coffee shop. But this is a book by Jensen Franklin. He's a pastor out of Gainesville. I've been to his church. Uh, he's got a wonderful ministry. It's called Fasting. It's in our, okay. I, I heard that uh, we may be running low or maybe have run out. If we are out, guess what? There's Mardell. There's Amazon, right? Everybody's got an account at Amazon. Get this book. Again, I'm giving you a week to prepare. Get the book and start reading it. Amen. Amen. Uh, we also have some information out in the lobby. It's paper. It's printed. It gives you eight steps. It gives you guides, prayer guides. It talks about fasts or whatnot. Uh, we also have it on our app as well as our website. So we have a plethora of things that you can do. Amen. So look, when you go into the bookstore and they don't have this book, don't get upset. Just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go find it. Amen. Amen. I also want to let you know that we have a one-year Bible. 
uh, that's in the bookstore. Again, if it's out, you can get it. Uh, sometimes it comes in different versions, and so it's a very cool uh, thing to do. You can start doing that. So there's many things that you can do. So let's talk about some different fasts real quick, and then we're going to uh, send you home so we can go get some butter pecan ice cream and get it on top of that apple pie. The first fast is called the complete fast. When I say complete fast, it is a complete fast, meaning nothing but water or juice, and that is it. Okay, let me just warn you that um, it, it's a very challenging undertaking, and so I would definitely consult a physician if you want to do that, but I would, I would make sure that you get your body well prepared to do that, okay? Um, I would not, especially if you've got medical issues, you want to get some advice to know if, if you need to do that. Um, it, it is very fulfilling, um, but it's, it's very taxing on the body, and I'll leave it at that, okay? But there are some people that will uh, do it. They'll, they'll do it for four or five days and then kind of switch. They might go to a liquid fast. A liquid fast is just simply um, a little bit more than just water and juice. It's, it's fruit smoothies. It's maybe uh, pureeing soup into more of a liquid so that you can drink it. You get the idea. It's uh, more energy for you than this, than just uh, juice and, and water. Amen. Um, so somebody, uh, I think it was last year, said, so, uh, Rob, uh, I'm thinking about doing a liquid fast. And uh, does a Vente Starbucks fra Frappuccino count? Well, I'm going to leave that up to you. But the idea is to get some nutritional value out of what you're drinking in a liquid fast. Does that make sense? And is there really nutritional value from... Uh, I'm going to go into Starbucks. But you get the point. Um, there are some things that you can do um, uh, as far as um, uh, a liquid fast. Again getting a bunch of berries and grinding them up and, you know, doing a lot of smoothies, different smoothies so that it's a different taste for you. I've heard of people doing that or even buying their own smoothies. And so it's a great way to uh, to begin fasting. Now, some people do what's called a partial fast. Back in the day, uh, the Hebrews would fast from sun up to sundown. Basically, they would not eat anything once they woke up until the sun went down. And that's what a partial fast is. And, and nowadays, a more contemporary style would be very similar is that you skip uh, breakfast and lunch and then wait until the evening to eat something obviously more healthy. You don't want to go to Bon Creole in New Iberia and get you a, you know, a shrimp po' boy. That's not the intent of the partial fast, right? Oh, well, I didn't eat anything till I'm, you know, I'm like the Hebrews. No, you, you still want to maintain some level of, of healthiness. Amen. And so uh, that's a partial fast. Some people will say, well, I'll eat more of the breakfast than the rest of the day. Whatever works for you. We're not here to dictate what you uh, are, are inclined to do or what you want to do, okay? Uh, there are some challenges with this. Again, uh, if you've got medical issues, you want to be careful in making sure that you have some something in your body, and so you want to guard that. Amen? Y'all good with that? Then you have what's called the Daniel fast, and that is you stay away from... The butter pecan ice cream, the meats and the sweets and the breads. And so what you do is you ingest nothing but fruits and vegetables and uh, whole grains and nuts and seeds and water. You, you get where I'm going, okay? Some people do, the next one is called a rotational fast. They'll do a partial 
a partial fast, with a, a Daniel fast, with a little bit of a liquid fast. So it's totally up to you, okay? You know your body, you know what... Um, what, what, what your body can take and what your body can't take. Michelle and I, we actually do kind of a rotational thing. Well, we'll mix it up. The first week, we may do more liquids for breakfast and lunch, and then come dinner, we'll have a salad or something. You know what I'm saying? And then maybe the next week, flip-flop it, and may, maybe more soup th- than salads. Um, and, and so it's up to you. Amen? So there's many different ways that you can fast. There's also what's called a non-food fast, and that is for those of you that have to eat I get that. And so you can, um, you know, just uh, unplug the TV, get away from social media and, and all of that. I realize some of you have to be on your phones for emails, but don't be um, uh, drawn into going to whatever, um, what do you call them, like Twitter and social media. You know what I'm saying? You want to disconnect from those kinds of devices. Amen. And also maybe limit the activities that you are doing for the 21 days. And so some people will do that because that's all they can do because they need to have some sort of nutrition in their body. Okay. Y'all got it? Y'all good with me so far? Again, we have resources in the lobby, in the bookstore, as well as online and at the app. So fasting at its heart is about separating from foods that satisfy us in order to pursue satisfaction of the Lord. Now, it does, fasting does require some precautions, and let me just give you a few. Don't rush into your fast, meaning I'm giving you a week. You don't want to at 10 o'clock next Sunday, oh, honey, we're going to fast. <laughs> well, hold on. You got to prepare your body and get ready for it. Does that make sense? So I know of a lot of people who have actually kind of started to cut back on the things, the, the fatty foods and, and the, uh, you know, the sweets and all of that. And so maybe beginning of the week, midweek, start uh, maybe thinking about maybe starting to ingest some uh, vegetables, getting used, your body getting used to it. So you want to take your time, avoid caffeinated drinks if you can. Um, if you're a big coffee drinker, what I would recommend is, you know, if you're a three or four cup person a day, start cutting back now so that you don't go cold turkey because you're going to develop some headaches and it's going to be very discomfortable and you're going to call me and you're going to wah wah and complain. I'm turning my phone off. Um, the other thing that you want to do is, uh, and ladies, I got your back now. I had the guys back with the Christmas movie. Okay, so ladies, I got your back. Ladies, wouldn't you prefer to have your grocery list now than wait till Sunday at 10 o'clock? Can I get an amen from the ladies? So what I would recommend is actually tonight or this afternoon, maybe get with your family. If you're single, get with yourself and say, self, what are we going to do? Decide on a fast, decide on the food so that you can begin preparing. Amen. You, you don't want a, a Hall of Family Life showing up at Walmart uh, grabbing for the salad bags, you know? You want to begin getting your foods ready and, and getting um, ample time to prepare yourself and prepare your mind because that, I'm telling you, your mind, will, and emotions, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go at it with your body as well as your, your spirit, man. And so you want to get ready. Amen? So, faithful attitude of separating, and the T stands for today. Look what it says again in verse 37. She never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day. What this just tells me is that she made it happen. She just simply made it happen. 
It wasn't, well, I'll start next week and maybe I'll do a fast and, you know, I'll give up lollipops for my fast and that's about it, you know. No, she made a decision to say, you know what, I'm just going to focus on the Lord. In fact, the Lord addresses this of how we should do today. It says in Luke chapter 6, verse 19, it says, and Jesus said, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. So what was happening is people were seeing Jesus healing people. There was a lot of things that were happening. They were intrigued. They wanted to know who is this guy? Who is he? Who's his mama? Who's his daddy? You know, where is he from? You know, there was excitement that was brewing. And so Jesus was getting tapped on and he was, people were trying to find him. And so power was coming from him. And so they had never seen that before. In fact, he healed a man that had a shriveled hand. And then in verse 21, he tells us about this today term. Blessed are you who hunger now. That's it. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Jesus did not say, blessed are you who delay. He said, blessed are you who hunger now. So that's why I said, why don't you go home tonight and begin talking about what you plan to do so that you're ready for it. Amen? But what happens is, is that people run from now. They disconnect from now. They don't want to do now. Well, if you got marital issues and you delay, if you wait on reading the Bible, if you wait on your desire to know God even more, your 2023 is going to be a carbon copy of 2022. Jesus said, blessed are you who hunger now. The longer we avoid now, the greater the cost and the more comfortable we become. Jesus doesn't deserve comfortable after what He went through. So that's why I say take the time now to dig into fasting. Talk to the pastors. Talk to leaders. Find out, you know. Join us for 21 days. And now for the second name, which was? You did so good. I'm proud of you. You get a gold star at the top of your page. In order to show you what's important, you've got to see what happened to Lazarus and say, Rob, what does fasting have to do with Lazarus? So just give me a second here. I think most of us know the story of Lazarus. He was a dear, dear, dear friend of Jesus, very close friend of the family, almost like a brother. And of course, Mary and Martha were Lazarus's sisters. And so Jesus was just he loved them so much. Spent a lot of time with him. He passed away, stayed in the tomb for four days. And we know the story. Jesus comes on the scene and he calls him out of the grave, right? Lazarus was one of only a couple people that Jesus raised from the dead. So we know the story. It's a very famous story. We read it. We hear about it. 
What you may not know is that people saw a glimpse of who Jesus is when they saw this man come out of the grave after four days. Such is the power of Christ. All because Jesus heard these words. The one you love is sick. The moment these words were heard by Jesus, not one New Year's resolution could touch. It was the very words of Jesus that rose Lazarus out of that grave. And I believe it's the very words that if we commit to 21 days, we will hear too. And I want to share with you the three scriptures very quick and then we're going to go home. John chapter 11 and verse 11. Jesus says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. Maybe your spiritual journey this past year was not where it needs to be. Well, I just want to encourage you that Jesus is coming here to wake you up. In verse 39, Jesus says, take away the stone. He could have done it himself. But he asked people to take away the stone. And it's a beautiful picture of when we take away the stone of food and the indulgences to get closer to God. And then what happened? Once that stone was rolled, Lazarus came out. And then what I love the most is what he said in verse 44. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, he said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. For us in prayer and fasting. We will have an encounter with Jesus. He will come wake us up. That stone of food gets moved away and the grave clothes of addiction, the grave clothes of issues, and the grave clothes of healing come off our bodies. Amen. And when that happens, our spirit man grows. We learn things about ourselves, but we also learn things about the Lord. We're prone for healings. We're prone for blessings to overcome temptations. The grave clothes also help us in our troubled lives and show us who God is and how wonderful His love is. But some of the saddest words on earth, we don't have room for you. Jesus knew these words when He was in His mother's womb because that's what the innkeeper said. We don't have room for you. And then when Jesus was on the cross, the world said, we don't have room for you. So I ask you today, would you be inclined to make room for Jesus? Not only today and for the 21 days, but in a lifestyle of love for Him. 
and make room in your heart, make room in your schedule, make room in your business or whatever you do for a living. I have unofficially finished my sermon, but don't go anywhere. How many of you have ever lost uh, a set of keys or a wallet? Let me see. Raise your hand. Doesn't that frustrate you when you can't find your wallet or your keys? And your spouse says, well, where'd you leave them the last time you saw them? Well, if I'd have known that, I'd know where they are, right? How many of you know? Oh my gosh, losing your keys and your wallet, panic sets in, where are they? You're, you know, you're flipping up mattresses, you go in your car, you're going everywhere. Where are my keys and where is my wallet? And then what happens when you do find them? You stop searching. You stop seeking. So I ask you a question. What are you going to do on day 22? It's very easy to stay in the attitude of prayer and fasting for those 21 days. And you've already marked the calendar on that Sunday and you already know the restaurant you're going to. But is that really important? When you're talking about a lifestyle that this lady Anna gave us inspiration from. What's your day 172 going to look like? Are you going to stop seeking at day 21? And so I believe this, that prayer and fasting is at a perfect time of the year. Because it, it launches us and it sets the tone not only for the rest of the year, but for the rest of our lives. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you to join us for the 21 days. It's a beautiful time of the church coming together. Maybe take time in your home. If you can't make it to a prayer meeting, have a prayer meeting in your home. All you got to do is say, Lord, we need your help. Maybe read a scripture. Take time to put a worship song on. If you're in your vehicle at, at work, may, maybe go. I mean, uh, if you're at work and you have your vehicle just for lunch instead of going hang out with the fellas and all the ladies and whatnot, maybe go in your vehicle and just have some time. And what will happen is you will begin to grow some spiritual muscles. Does that make sense? And it will help you further mature you because that's what the Lord wants us to do. There's a wonderful quote that I would like to share with you. It says this, Do first things first, and second things not at all. So I encourage you, take the first part of these 21 days starting next Monday the 9th, and join us, and be a part. If you have, have, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to call us at the church. And, and maybe you've got some questions about fasting. You're more than welcome to ask us. We would love to help you. We've just seen time after time, year after year, the blessings and the answered prayer. It's just amazing what we hear and what we see. 
So, which one will you choose? Resolutions or prayer and fasting? Please stand. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, not just because it's a new year, but because, Lord, your name shall be glorified in these next few weeks. And, Lord, I pray that as those that heard this message, whether it was online earlier or at the first service or even in this service, Lord, that many will consider, many will consider fasting and praying with us. And Lord, we know when people seek you, you are a rewarder, as it says in Hebrews. And so, Lord, we come today with humble hearts, ready, because that's what you wanted us to do today, is to focus on not what is urgent, but what is important, and to be ready for what is at stake and what's at hand, and that is growing our relationship with you. So even tonight, Lord, as families get together to decide, I pray for unity. I pray for the, just the presence of God to help. And, and, to, and, and Lord, e, e, even if there's questions, Lord, I pray that you answer their questions. And so, Lord, we look forward to these next couple weeks of testimony after testimony after testimony. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing over your congregation, a blessing over your people as we embark on 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we look at not what is urgent, but what is important. And so, Lord, today we choose prayer and fasting over resolutions. And this day we give you honor and praise, for it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen, amen. Well, thank you for coming. We look forward to enjoying uh, our 21 days, and you have a blessed day and a happy new year. Amen.